Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. In each episode, we will sit down with a guest and talk about news and events related to the sport and hobby of pinball. Here are your hosts, Lauren Gray and Rebecca Salem. Welcome, everyone, to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. Rebecca, it's January. I'm, like, already done. I'm already done with 2022. Everybody in L- I know has COVID. Like, everybody I've talked yeah. to either has COVID, uh, they know somebody that has COVID, they've been in contact with somebody that has COVID. I am just, I'm just waiting. I'm a little afraid. I'm just going to stay in my house and just, like, I'm just going to chill here at my house. It's not pretty. It's, it's not, not pretty. pretty. Trust me. I have to work with humans and I am like, this is it. I should have just become a recluse and it's fine. It's fine. It's I fine. miss people and I'm like, I want to go outside and play. And I, do don't. Things and you don't. I don't miss people. You they and- I I was next to a small child who was literally licking icing off of a table and then Ew. coughed. And I was like, okay, I see this is how uh, my Wednesday is going to go. <sighs> Children, they are our future. Ah, we'll love it. You know, this is a, a special episode for Rebecca and I. And when we found out this news last month, we were we were sad and heartbroken, and we wanted to reach out and and do a celebration of a friend and a big figure in pinball. Uh, back in December, uh, we lost Mark Mandeltort. He is the uh, founder of Marco Pinballs or Marco Specialties. And we, Rebecca and I had like a whole email chain about it. We're like, this is so sad. And would they come on the show? We don't know. Let's ask them. And we have a, a delightful crew from Marco Specialties here with us today. And, and we're really excited to be able to celebrate Mark and all the things he did for pinball and all the amazing things that Marco Specialties gives to pinball. It's such a big part of our community. And we lost a, a friend for the community. So we wanted to celebrate that here in this episode today. So please help me welcome to the show. We'll do we'll do an introduction round so you can hear everybody's voice and then we'll get into pinball origin stories. But she's no stranger to the show, ladies and gentlemen. She's a friend to the show. She's been on, I believe she's been on two episodes, possibly three. I know it's definitely two. She just lives in our computer, Lauren. It's fine. She does. She lives here. It's it's great. Please help me welcome back to the show, Emoto Harney. Yay! I'm small enough to live inside your computer. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. Small, adorable, and mighty. We love it. <laughs> also from uh, Marco Pinball, Mark's son and the vice president of Marco Specialties, Paul Mandeltort. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Paul. Um, also, we have the uh, general manager of Marco Pinball, Marco Rodriguez. <laughs> it's Ramirez. Oh. Ramirez. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Two for two, Marco. Oh my god! Marisa. Oh. oh my god! I feel so bad. Lauren San Antonio is going to kick you out. Dude, not only did I say I was like, and I remember looking at it and I was like, oh, it's Ramirez. I was like, my best friend's last name is Ramirez, and I was like, oh no! I'm totally good. But yeah, that's Marco Ramirez. So please, his um, last Marco. name is actually Specialties. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Specialties. Welcome to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ramirez means specialties in Spanish? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> you have the first host to hose it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like looking at a list. That's like the worst part. Listeners, I'm holding up paper. I'm like, I'm looking at a list. Uh, but Marco, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, my pleasure. And then we also have the real wizard of Marco Pinball, uh, Marco team lead, uh, because that was the official title Emoto wrote on this email. So I felt the need to say that. And now I'm actually like reading verbatim what was written on paper. Uh, please help me welcome to the show. Also, Steve Majette. 
Hey, everybody. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Bex. Hey, Emoto. Hey. Up? Wait, you forgot the wizard of Marco Pinball part. No, she said, no, she I said the wizard. I, I totally she said, said it. She said it. I said it. Oh, my God. Because every time I say it, I'm like, I'm wow, that's a fancy title. Is that, is that on his card? Is that on his card? He's embarrassed. Well, I, I don't know. I think it's on his paychecks. His face is turned red. <laughs> it is. It um, is. You know, we, we are so excited to have this whole panel here. Uh you know, I'm excited about this show. But we'll start with you, Paul. Tell us a little bit about your pinball origin story, where you started at in pinball and where you're at today. Well, I was born and then that happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so as long as I can ever remember, you know, dad and mom were in the pinball business. Uh, in early years, it was a broader scope. So we first used to operate arcade games back in the in the eighties and nineties, and so child labor laws was standing. I was um, running around collecting, helping fix the games and operate and move these things around. When I was, you know, in, in my teenage years, and it just grew from there. And one day uh, we realized, Dad did at the time. I was still a high schooler, um, but that pinball was special, more special than everything else. So. Uh, I'll never forget Mark and Nancy made a conscious decision in, in the late 90s and mid 90s that we're going to only do pinball. So they sold all the video game stuff and it's like, we're going to focus on pinball and pinball parts. And at the time in the 90s, it was really hard for um, local folks, uh, retail home users to get parts. Like you had to be part of the good old boys club to uh, order pinball machine parts. Otherwise, uh, these old companies like Wicco back in the day wouldn't even call you back if you weren't a big operator with a lot of money to spend. So... Yeah, we uh, we were early in on the whole thing. We ran a mail order catalog, so I spent all my summers xeroxing catalogs and mailing them out to all our customers back in the day. You know, Nancy was there, you know, cutting and pasting little pictures and pasting them onto the thing because this is what in the you know when computers still were just you know text and everything. That was about it. So and it's grown since then to you know far beyond anything we ever imagined. And here we are today, you know, live streaming, uh, which is even just that we're able to have this conversation over the internet right now is even mind blowing. And uh, now I feel like the old guy. So it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a journey. And um, yeah, I've been involved every bit of the way. Um, every few years, I take a couple of years off, go out work in the real world. And it's like, eh, I'll go back to pinball instead. Um, and so now we're, I'm in it full steam. So here we are. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. I think about like those old school catalogs from like the 90s, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness. Ugh. Yeah, like the the newsprint ones, I, I designed a lot of those, you know, as the editor of my high school paper at the time. So, you know, Mark took advantage of the free labor and uh, <laughs> we uh, put those out. But yeah, like that we had probably close to a dozen, maybe two dozen of those. Like I, I, forget, I lost count over the years, but it is funny because one of the inspirations for Doing the catalog was uh, Steve Young was the other uh, pinball parts supplier at the time, and we'll always owe a debt to him of gratitude for he challenged Mark famously saying, you can never get every pinball part in a catalog. You're crazy. <laughs> and Mark's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so here we are. <laughs> Challenge accepted. I love it. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so Steve was probably arguably the first company in the space to really start trying to sell to home users. And uh, to this day, we're, we we have a lot of love and respect for Steve. So, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Marco, uh, share with us your pinball origin story. So I came on board. Um, it's going on 10 years now, 2012. And I was actually on my way to transition from South Carolina to Oklahoma. And my mother was like, oh, you know, just try to get a job locally because all the family's here. And I was like, all right, I'm going to try it for two weeks. If I don't get anything, then I'm out. You know, I'm, I'm 
picking up and I'm going. I was, you know, uh, 25 at the time. And so I see this ad uh, about pinball parts. Um, ironically, I think it was on Craigslist. And, uh, you know, I started like looking at it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I, you know, I'd left uh, the distribution side of things for uh, Home Depot. We were popping up these little distribution centers all across the country. And I was uh, an operations manager for one of them in Columbia. And I got tired of the day-to-day corporate giant stuff. And so saw the ad, so you know what, what the heck, I'll try it. And I did not realize what I was walking into when I walked into Marco Specialties. I mean, the amount of parts everywhere and just, it's insane. And we're actually sitting at the round table where I had my interview. And uh, I mean, it was literally five people, you know, for the interview process. You know, I met Mark and I met Nancy. I met Nancy first, talked to her. And then I met Mark and he gave me a tour of the building. And, you know, it, it's just just seeing the passion that he had for, for what he was doing and knowing that, you know, there was a lot of chaos, but he was trying to make, sell it to me as, you know, something great and positive and embrace it because it's the future and, and it's coming back. And, and so, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time with him in that first level of the, the warehouse and just looking at everything and just trying to process because it was just way too much stuff. Sat back down, talked to Nancy, talked to Paul. I think Steve was there as well. He had just started uh, as well, not too long but before that. But anyway, we sat down and we talked for a little bit and, and you know, Mark was like, well, what do you think you can do for us in the first, you know, 90 days? And I was like, I can't do anything for you guys in 90 days. There's so much going on here. Like, I got to wrap my my brain around this stuff. And then we had a conversation about a pinball machine that I played when I was a kid at my dentist's office, which was uh, Circus Voltaire. And Mark gave me a flyer for it, and he gave me all kinds of literature to read. I went home, and two days later, he called me back. And I had uh, the distribution center I was going to. I, they had overnighted me paperwork to sign for a contract. And Mark calls me, and he's like, let's go get some food. Let's let's talk about this. And I was like, all right. And so ironically enough, you know, they took me, Marco, to a little pizza joint called Marco's Pizza. And uh, I thought it was super ironic, you know, and we sat there and we talked for a while, Mark, Nancy, and I. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And I, I told Mark, you know, I'll try this for a year and see how far how far we go and see where we get. And, you know, I, I couldn't stop ever since then. You know, 10 years later, I've got over 14 games and, and I just, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a, another child for me. Pinball is definitely a passion. And Mark was able to, you know, with, with everything that he's done his whole life, uh, trying to make me embrace it. Like I, I latched onto it super quick and never looked back, you know? And so it's been, it's been a fun ride. And, um, you know, he was, He's gone too soon, but there's a lot that good conversations we've had over the years that I know we're going to keep this place going for a long time, for a long time. So um, we got a great team around us and it's going to be awesome. Oh, what a great story. Uh, sorry, we laughed about the uh, Craigslist thing. And we had a chit chat with Steve a couple of days ago, who also had a, a Craigslist <laughs> thing. You know, I, I didn't even know why I looked on Craigslist. I think I had a an ad and uh, I had my resume in monster.com. And I mean, I just, I found it. I was like, yeah, what the hell? Let me try it, you know? So it's all, it's all kismet, fate, destiny, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You, I feel like, you know, you kind of land where you're supposed to, yeah. where you're supposed yeah. to be. At least that's like my philosophy on life. Yeah. Well, we saw the resume with Marco and I was like, we got to interview this guy. And then I remember <laughs> me and mom and dad like, we got to take it to Marco's pizza. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, would you like to work for Marco? <laughs> Let's discuss it while eating at Marco's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. Yeah. Start of a great relationship for sure. 
And you'll never have to get anything embroidered with your name on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Paul always jokes about that, and Mark did too. Oh, your name's already on the building. You know, do whatever you want. Yeah. And Mark asked me a question. I don't know, dude. Your name's on the building. You figure it out. Steve, share share your story with us. Uh, Where you started at, where you're at today. Sure. No, you know, I, I grew up traveling a lot. My father was in the army. We moved every three to four years. So arcades kind of became like a safe haven for me, you know, a place to to meet new people and, and a place where I, I knew I would meet people that also liked arcade games. So pinball for me wasn't wasn't a huge part of my life as a kid. You know, I, I enjoyed like Twilight Zone and Indiana Jones and stuff like that. But it wasn't it wasn't a real focus for me. And Fast forward, you know, after college, I'm moving to Columbia to take a job with a law firm. And I worked at that law firm for maybe about five years. And I just felt like I was dying from the inside. Every every day was was a was a real slog. So, you know, I, I kind of started looking around for other work and just happened to be on Craigslist. And Craigslist I saw an ad dreams. for <laughs> a place that sold pinball parts. Wow. And I was like, really? This this is this is a thing? I mean, this sounds really interesting. So, you know, I put in my resume, got the call, went and interviewed with Paul and Nancy, and they liked me, I guess. So, <laughs> so they, they brought me on and uh, you know, I did customer service for probably my first two years there and then uh, became the customer service manager. And I did that for probably the following five to six years. And after that, just sort of started branching out into other areas of the of the business. And now, you know, I do a little bit of everything and I, I really love it. And I don't think I've ever worked for an organization that feels as much like a real family. I know people say that all the time, you know, oh, this is, this, we're a family, but at, at Marco, I mean, we mean it and it's true. And, and it's just, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So I love it. And I, I want to, you know, keep it moving forward into the future and respect Mark's original vision the entire time. Oh, I love that. You're going to make me cry, Steve. Yay. I know. I I'm know. like, we're not even like 10 minutes, 15 minutes in, man. So- <laughs> Aren't they great? We're, we're slacking off. <laughs> Aren't y'all too jealous that these are my three big brothers? <laughs> They're all so passionate about what we do. <laughs> I want to move to South Carolina work at a pinball company. It's really pretty. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> pinball capital of the world. Yep. <laughs> Google it. We're like number two right now. <laughs> so, hi, everyone. Emoto here. I've been creating pinball specific content since around 2016. In 2019, I joined the Marco family. We decided to start collaborating together to create even more epic pinball content and to just help spread the love and awareness of pinball and educate people on how to work on their machines and empower people to be pinball owners and players. So it's been a really fun journey. I love it. And, and, and thank you. Emoto has been helping coordinate all this. So I, I appreciate Emoto has been helping Rebecca and I getting everything sorted. Yeah, I'm just here for moral support. <laughs> <laughs> she's She's been helping sort this all out. Um, but we really appreciate you guys uh, being here today and, and sharing these stories. And we learned a little bit about, you know, why Mark founded Marco. But w- what do you think were some of, like, especially in the beginning, what were some of the biggest challenges and maybe even challenges that you have today uh, to overcome sourcing pinball parts? I mean, I have an EM and I have a, a DMD and like, I'm like, what part number is this? And it's so great to have something like Marco Specialties. I'm like, I can just search this. I shudder to think about like a, a giant printed catalog <laughs> from back in the oh. day, like trying to find a, a part. But, but what were some of the big challenges and hurdles that you guys have had to c- overcome? 
Well, you just hit the nail on the head is the documentation was the first problem. The more you get to know Mark, he's like a collector of collections. So, and that was one of the first collections he started was pinball literature. So he realized early on was, like you just said, what's the part number for this thing? Nowadays, you could Google it. Well, we didn't have Google in 1995, right? So he, he set out to go collect a copy of every single manual ever made. And today we can fairly confidently say we have the world's uh, most complete collection of pinball technical literature wow. on the planet because you can go and like... This folks have a specific manufacturer's literature, but have all of them. And so we have these file cabinets upon file cabinets. And just so one of the first things we did back in the days, uh, the uh, coin operating machine auctions in the Southeast were a big thing. So I spent a lot of my childhood, uh, you know, trading games at these auctions. It's like selling livestock, except there's video games and pinball <laughs> machines. And so at all these auctions, you know, Mark would be on the lookout for a manual he hasn't seen before. So he start collecting them and buying them and, and storing them and filing them and then. You know, keep in mind Nancy's along the journey here as well, because without her, we still have these big piles of manuals everywhere. Um, so she would sort and put them away, but then Mark would go collect them. So that was the team. The, that was the team dynamic there. Yeah. So the, the technical documentation was the first hurdle, and so we started collecting that, and um, and then you eventually get all the parts catalogs and all the games catalogs, and from there. And it's all the small business hurdles on top of that. You know, when you're small business, you have no money ever. You're always out of money. So you're always doing things on a bootstrap budget. You know, so we're always, you know, trying to recover. You know, early on, we we're selling a lot of uh, refurbished games. So literally operators would throw away games back in the day. So I spent a lot of summers, you know, parting out old games and we'd sell old parts too. Because uh, that's all you could get back in the day. And then along the years, you start to network. And again, this is pre-internet era. So you have to do all the footwork and do all the networking. Just go find out the suppliers that like sell you stuff. And also remember, um, credit cards were not a common thing back in the day, especially the ability to accept credit cards. So to get a manufacturer to sell you stuff, you had to convince them to put you on one of their on an account with them. So you had to get a letter from your bank and you got to go call these people and convince them just to sell you stuff in the first place because it was not easy just to call somebody and give them a credit card number back then, uh, especially in a lot of these pinball parts suppliers. There's also small shops operating out of their garages, as it turns out. Um, so it was just a lot of legwork and a lot of just calling around and networking working the old school way. And it was, uh, it, it took a lot of work. Nowadays, you just go online, Google it and find it and send an email to, to a supplier and they'll shoot, shoot, shoot you some stuff. But early on, it was, it was a hunt. And, you know, Emoto, I'll never forget the interview you did with Wally, um, where <laughs> he described it perfectly. He's like, that's like part of the game is, is, is the hunt for the part. You know, so I think it's one of, the, one of the things that Mark was kind of addicted to was just, you know, discovering and, and you, when, once you find that, you know, the, the dot, like you find a supplier for the dot matrix displays or for this bracket or for the spring or for the screw, you know, it's like, ah, yes, <laughs> finally. You know, so it's like every day is an Indiana Jones journey. <laughs> always an adventure. Yeah. Mark yeah. loved the hunt. He was yeah. always finding more pinball parts, sourcing, you know, parts that we don't have, was always living on the website, finding anything that was discontinued or out of stock and trying to resource it just so all these pinball machines can be repaired and saved and kept for generations. And like sometimes I would see him on like 11, 12 o'clock at night updating, like I get the little Slack updates that he's yep. like, oh, <laughs> just added this part to the system. Oh, here's a quote from this part. So he was constantly where he loved it. Yeah. You know, as we grew over the years, you know, we have a ton of people, you know, we have to have meetings and stuff and Mark, Mark. And he's like, what? You can, still, you can see him like, you can see the punch <laughs> on his glasses. He's on eBay vibe. <laughs> 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 you can see it in his glasses. <laughs> 
<laughs> on our Zoom meetings. It's so great. Oh, okay. That's the best. I usually wear glasses and I, I'm always aware of the, the reflection. I'm like, I can't be on Amazon or eBay yeah, so right now. <laughs> make sure you get the entire fuck of coatings on your glasses if you want to use them on video calls. <laughs> that's why I wear contacts. <laughs> so... Marco, Steve, I mean, obviously just Marco's, you know, you came from like somewhere like Home Depot where, you know, distribution, everything that I mean, and even you said yourself that you're going to take a couple months just to wrap your head around like a bazillion pinball parts. And, and for listeners who've never opened up a pinball cabinet, if you're new to the show or new to the hobby, it, it's a little, it's daunting. Like the first time you kind of lift up a play field, you're like, what have I done? I don't know what I did. Also, I recommend unplugging it first before you start messing with stuff. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Definitely unplug it. Yeah. And don't lick anything. That that will that's oh, bad. No, that's don't, bad. Don't do that. No, don't do that. So I'm just sitting here thinking about all those pinball. Dexter is licking PTSD <laughs> from the yes, coughing kid. Wait, wait till you find out about multimeters. They're great. Oh my gosh, multimeters are great. I highly recommend a multimeter. Uh, buy one. Oh my god. I feel like I'm going to have to put a safety warning in front of this. Rebecca, no, 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 this is an educational thing for all children. Yeah, they definitely. do make, this is a, this is a child related issue. Always turn issue. the power off. Always turn the power off and uh, don't eat anything you shouldn't. Um, that's what the poison labels are for. And that's also probably what the electricity labels are for. But I'm just sitting here like thinking about like, oh my gosh, I want to go rifle through all of those manuals. And just, it sounds like this amazing, basically it just sounds like an amazing pinball library. Like, there you go. That's you're the pinball manual capital of the world. Officially, you're number one on that. Oh, we should add that to our Google searches. Yes. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, especially the old electromechanical ones are the best. So they have these huge fold-out sheets of giant ladder logic diagrams that are the giant yeah, schematics. It's, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. I ended up with two schematics, and I um, our local pinball tech. He was like, "Do you want that extra one?" I was like, "Well, I don't need two. And he like held it like it was gold. Yoink. He's like, "I'm going to keep <laughs> yeah. this." I'm like, yeah. "Okay." But, uh, what, but you know, Marco, uh, Steve, like, do you, were there besides those, like, any other big challenges that you've seen that you've had to kind of overcome and, and hurdles, you know, even, you know, starting from when you started at Marco, even today, what, you know, some big challenges? I think um, optimizing the uh, order process, like the way that we handled the order flow from start to finish, you know, from from ordering on the website all the way to shipping it out the door. For a long time, Steve was the customer service department. And I remember the the times where, you know, everybody would call in and it was like, where's my order? I placed an order. It hasn't gone out the door yet. You know, so my goal was always to not allow the customers to let Steve quit. And so I was like, <laughs> I remember telling Mark that I told Mark and Nancy that I'm like, listen, that Good guy right, that guy right there, super frustrated and always stressed out. Like, we need to take care of him because he's the only guy that can answer phones right now. Anyway, we we uh, we did a lot in the beginning. Um, you know, once once I learned the process inside out, you know, our IT team, uh, which was just Steven uh, Denkovich, which is another. Uh, a customer of ours that turned into an employee. One of my chopped liver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't forget about and Paul. <laughs> and Paul. Sometimes. Paul shaking his fists. Yeah. Paul helped set up the, the printers in the in the warehouse. <laughs> you fix printers. Oh. I think I think you've got us you've got to switch to around, man. That's why you guys haven't fired me yet. Okay. No, but but uh, Mitch is now shaking. His <laughs> but but we did we did do a really good process to where we started adding 
the little labels that you guys see on the orders that go out the door, there was a foundation for that, but then we improvised on that. And, and Mark was like a kid in a, in a candy store whenever we added color to it. And, you know, Paul helped push that through and, and we had, you know, the picture of the item and the location and the quantity, the order number. And we were, we, we felt like we were in the 22nd century when we were able to scan our orders I remember when I first started working there to pack, like you'd have a list of everything on the order and you had to check it off. Like, oh, this is the bulbs. I'm checking that off. And to do that a thousand times a week, you'll never get done. So we optimized that process. And, um, you know, that was a big hurdle. It was really a big challenge. And it was a lot of time on the IT side of things, but it, it paid off huge dividends. And that was kind of the beginning. And for me, I find that as the hardest obstacle that I had to do, but also it was a good one because once we saw that project through, then Mark started trusting some of the things that we started coming up with from an idea standpoint, you know, and, and he, he always was really good about that, giving you autonomy, you know, do whatever you want and figure it out. And he would never get upset at you. Not too bad. Steve's made him turn red a couple of times. <laughs> always, always give you enough rope to hang yourself. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So after we cut down Steve, he get mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that really talks to him as an innovator, you know, because it could have been very much, this is my baby. I don't want it to change. You know, why, why fix something that isn't broken? And to, for him to be able to see, you know, hey, for us to grow, you know, we have to kind of implement these big changes and going from just mail, you know, putting things in a box and mailing it to, you know, having an actual like inventory system with, you know, scanners and things. That's a, that's a tremendous change. So, and all those little pinball parts, that's, that's completely amazing. Poor Steve. Like, I'm like, like just imagining you sitting there at your table, like packing everything in a box. Well, watch, watch the about us videos. (laughs) (laughs) There's just like a time lapse of him on front of it. Steve didn't have a beard before we hired him. I'm just saying. It's true. Yeah, I showed up. I showed up really clean cut. I did. I think I was wearing a tie to the interview because I was coming from the law firm. I was coming from the law firm world. And I was like, this is how you dress for an interview. I think today you're still the best dress you've ever had for an interview. Now I'm thinking back on it. (laughs) I think Marlon might have actually shown up in a coat and tie. Yeah. Oh, oh you, you were wearing a coat. Okay. Yeah. Warren went up. There. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a tie. Was yep. he wearing a pirate hat too, or that was later? <laughs> <laughs> we do have a resident pirate that works for us. He's awesome. Captain Marlin. Oh. Captain Marlin. I want to meet Captain Marlin. Yeah. He's oh, great. Oh my gosh. I, uh, in the in the battle of pirate versus ninja, I am always team pirate. So that's awesome. Well, you'll love Marlin. He's great. Samurai. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, you know, it's been fun hearing about all of these like changes and, and things that, you know, Marco has created and become. But what what memories stand out, per, you know, particularly about Mark, but also just your your journey for each one of you um, with Marco? What memories stand out to you the most? Uh, and we'll start with you, Emoto. Man, there's so many good memories with Mark. So Mark is the reason why I feel like all of us are here. Well, Paul, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get a choice but we everyone that works here we all choose to be there because of Mark and his passion and just like every, every day it was like 
how can we take his vision and make it a reality? And he was really big into movies and media, and he always wanted to um, create videos and stuff to highlight pinball and to teach people how to work on pinball machines and stuff. So when we started working together, it was just like every day he'd be like, oh, Emoto, what if we did this? And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me try to figure out how to do that. And it was just this kind of like he was definitely inspiring like a father figure but to me on the creative side he was he was my my muse he was he's the reason why i pushed so hard to create this pinball content because it's it was important for him and it's important for all of us now because we see the vision of just keeping pinball around forever and letting other future generations be able to play it and not let pinball machines go into the landfill that was his biggest thing like keeping them out of the landfill you know we got to do everything we can for that because pinball is like the greatest medium which is a term he used a lot to create it and uh i guess for one of my special memories with mark uh that really kind of solidified our relationship i think it was in 2017 or 16 i was at southern fried gaming expo and uh there's a hard body there and you guys all know that's my favorite game ever so i wanted to buy it and i have never bought a pinball machine before and i was very nervous the guy wanted x amount of dollars for it i had no idea what to look for so I went over to the Marco Specialties booth, and I think I talked with Midge, uh, Steve. He goes by Midge for anyone listening and is confused why I keep saying that. <laughs> uh, and Paul, and they're like, oh, just ask Mark to go over there with you. And I was just like, uh, I'm nervous to ask this guy to help me. And then I was like, I really want to buy this hard body pinball machine. Do you think you could come look at it with me? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. And he was just like that total father figure selling, uh, helping his you know kid buy their first car as a 16 year old. And he like went over there, lifted up the play field, like, you know, looking under the hood and, you know, started talking to the guy and was like, this, this, and this is messed up. Then uh, you need to cut her this deal. And then got me like the best possible deal ever for this game. And I was just like, this is so amazing, <laughs> you know. So he helped me buy my hard body pinball machine, which I'll never sell ever. And uh, they have a hard body too. Oh, I think right behind Paul, maybe. We shared the, uh, he likes, I mean, he loved every pinball machine, but he had appreciation for the weirder games too, which which I really enjoy. So yeah, I don't even remember what the question was. I'm just like, marinating on all my memories with him. <laughs> I'll let someone else talk for that. That was the question. It was about memories. One little seed of, you know, several years of working uh, with Mark and with the team that's just, you know, we went to so many shows together. A lot of those shows are such blood, sweat, and tears, you know, in behind the scenes of what we create for the experience. So it's been great. I mean, if you think about like, you know, the booth, the original booth of, you know, I'm sure it was just like a playing Jane, like a regular booth. And now when you go to a pinball show or if you go to like an expo, it's like, ba bam, like that's the Marco area. And I'm like, and that was one of the things that Paul pitched to me when I first started working with them. And they were like, we want you to uh, help us run the show circuit for us. And I was like, you guys make it look so easy. It's, you know, with the pyramid and everything like that. And he was like. Where it's like, what's the metaphor, Paul, with the ducks? 
Like the duck uh. is sitting, just floating happily on the lake, and all but underneath, the duck's paddling really, really fast. And um, that was kind of his analogy for producing, you know, show events. Is like we're gonna be running around real crazy, but that's not what people see. They just see the calm, beautiful pinball duck just floating there. And, Chilling, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always like that. I'm a little duck feet. I mean, I remember, I remember watching uh, um, everybody set up at Houston. And I remember watching Kyle and everyone having to unbox. God, it must have been like... Like 16 games, I think. We had I feel, it had to have been like upwards of 20. Yeah. I feel like it was like upwards of 20 <laughs> games. There, there, it, it, it felt it like 30. It was insane. Yeah. And we yeah, were unboxing other people's games too. <laughs> Is that what was going on? I don't know. <laughs> Dang it. And all the Insider Connected kits had to go in. Oh, right. Yep. And so we're watching, and this is like pre-show. It's also Houston. So it's like, it's the show where you're all behind the scenes and it's, it's so messy. It's the best show. Um, I'm very biased. No, we love Houston. <laughs> it's, Houston's so much fun. And so we're just watching everybody like run around like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to put all these legs on machines and like heaving them up. And I'm like, how do your bodies still work? How? To the wee hours of the night. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But it's all for the experience. We wrapped up around like 1 a.m. that night. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And it was was wild. I remember Jordan was taking like everybody to go get In-N-Out Burger because that's what everybody wanted. Oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Thanks for doing that. Yeah. It's like, okay, (laughs) sure. But that made their night. But Steve, uh, Paul, Marco, um, do you eat, do any of you like have or, you know, could you pick one special memory um, about Mark and about your journey with Marco that, that you'd want to share? For me, it was probably the the ride back from Penfest in Allentown. And this was uh, five, six years ago. It was just me and Mark in his truck. And we were hauling this massive trailer that was just chock full of stuff and, you know, probably had not enough air in the tires and just <laughs> going through mountain ranges. And just, just the conversations I had with Mark during that, what was it, like a eight and a half, 10 hour drive were, were amazing. And I'll always hold that time just really close to my heart. And I, I really felt like before then I, I knew Mark, but I didn't really know him. And after, after that, we just, I don't, there was just something was different, right? Like I just, we just clicked after that. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one to top. Um, it's, it's a long library to pick from, but uh, two come to mind. One is when I was young and we were at one of the uh, probably amusement expo, which was back then AMOA, and Mark introduced me to John Papaduke. I got to meet him as a kid, you know, it's before all this crap later in life, but it's like, oh my God, I got to meet the coolest guy ever, like going around these trade shows and seeing all these cool people. And then fast forward to Midwest Gaming Classic this year of seeing the giant production that Emoto spearheaded with the Godzilla booth and the entire team. And this is massive production of beyond anything that we ever thought possible out of our company. And, and uh, George Gomez walks over um, another, you know, pinballs I looked up to just beaming ear to ear, like, oh my God, it's incredible. And dad, and then, you know, George is shaking dad's head, telling him, amazing, this is awesome. And then seeing dad just so happy, you know, having one of his artistic rivals, you know, telling him what an amazing job he's done was a really special memory for us. And just to see how this, literally like this whole show thing was Mark's passion project. You know, when we started this, we're the 
uh, the first sponsor of the Texas Pinball Festival back. And actually, Moto, I just found a bunch of footage from 2010. I watched all of it. I yeah. watched all of it already. <laughs> I was like looking for people. I saw yeah. a young you and yeah, a, a and lot of other mustache, Mark. I don't know if it, so that, that was a very traumatic moment after Mark's first battle came. Until about like 28 years old, Mark had always has mustache like forever. So that was the signature thing there. So maybe I need to shave this off and go for that. But the. Uh, <laughs> <Thumbs> <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that, but yeah, yeah. So like this, the, the MGC is this the pinnacle of the entire the arc of the whole show program, which is all just a passion. Like we we've never made any money off those trade shows. That was all the get. Like we took all of our marketing budget, put it all into that, knowing that this is what kept it real and fun for all of us. Because otherwise, you're just in a warehouse packing orders all day long, and even though it's pinball, it can it can be a grind sometimes. You know, so that's uh. It's truly special to see just how far this thing has come and how like uh, his faith in the in pinball paid off and it was really amazing. So, so I'm glad I got to see that before he passed on. Yeah. Mark loved the shows. You know, he loved going to the shows because he loved talking to everyone and reconnecting with um, friends that he's known for several years or even new people, and you know, just loved talking pinball with them. Which is funny because normally Mark's a pretty quiet person. Like if, <laughs> if you're out out about in public, Mark's not going to say hi to you, <laughs> unless you got a pinball machine. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the best part about conventions. It is true. It's the best part about conventions. It's like all of us are coming together for like one thing, and like you know whoever you're going to run into, they're like they're totally going to be into your thing. Like you're like I've come to visit my people. Uh, but Mar- Marco, did you have a, a special memory or um, thought? Um, yeah, actually, I I have two of them. I have one really quick one, and then one not so quick. So the really quick one was for me was funny. It was the first time uh, Mark ever introduced me to Gary Stern, and it was at MGC when. Uh, I think it was Ghostbusters came out that year. And and Mark was like, uh, Gary talked to him. He was going around shaking hands. And he's like, oh, uh, Gary, have you have you met Marco? And Gary comes over. He's like, oh, hey, Paul, how you doing, Paul? And and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then and then and I look at Mark. Mark's like, yeah, that works. You know, he's like, yeah, that works. <laughs> and we never corrected Gary. So, uh you know, we let him go through it. That was after I worked at Stern for a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, Damn it, Gary. I, I want to say it was after the, no, it wasn't after the after party. I'm trying I mean, to that's, give Gary That's while some, you were still working there too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so that, that one was funny and I, I'll never forget it, you know. Of course, if you ask Gary, he probably not going to remember. He's talked to so many people. But anyway, so the other one, I think the most the most memorable one for me, though, is, um, uh, you know, Mark and I went to auctions together. Like Steve said, we rode together to go to shows and things like that. And, and you know, I'd stay hours upon hours just absorbing as much knowledge as I could from him. I mean, there was nights when we wouldn't go home till nine o'clock at night. Uh, and Mark and I would just be talking and talking and talking. And we talked about how we we're going to try to conquer the, the pinball world. How we're going to, I was going to help him do this and do that. And then life happened. And I found out that I was expecting, uh, my first kid Christian. And, um, I remember being scared to, you know, let them know about it. And Nancy's like, oh, you got to go in there and talk to him. And and so I did. I went in there and I closed the door and I was like, Mark, I got to talk to you. He's like, oh, 
What happened now? <laughs> and then he shakes his head. He's like, how much is it going to cost me? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's nothing like that. <laughs> so funny. And, and uh, he's like, what happened? And then I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, I did this thing and this 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 kid happened and and he's like oh no and then he's like well kids are kids are kids are kids are good you know they're they they could be a good thing they could be a bad thing and then and then he's like but he's like just like <laughs> but he's like and then and then he got really serious and quiet and he just started thinking and then he told me a story about how uh uh, you know, uh, what, it was an infancy story but with Paul and Lynn. So one of the devilish things that they did, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember he said, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, they're the most important thing in your life right now. So this kid will be, and he's like, you need to really focus. And he's like, I'm going to teach you how to, how to save. And, 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 you know, there's never a right time to have, have, uh, have a kid. But at the same time, you know, you're ready. He's like, you, you got it. Don't worry about it. And then the next day he comes in and he gives me this coin. And I think I, I want to say it's fair to say that Mark was a coin collector. Right, Paul? Like he collected tons of gold coins and things like that. <clears throat> and he gave me this coin. And he's like, here, that's for a savings account. Open up a savings account, stick it in, stick it into in the bank and, and start saving for him right now. So it was a good piece of advice. And you know, after that, like I, I, you know, he, he sort of, I asked him for fatherly advice, you know, cause my dad was, they, my parents lived two hours away and, and, uh, my dad's always on the road. He had a trucking company and, and so I never really got time to talk to him. And it, Mark was a person that I would talk to about, you know, what do I do with the kid at two o'clock in the morning? He won't go to sleep. And he's like, you gotta walk, you put him in the car and drive, you know, bring him yeah, to work. Him fix a machine. Yeah. That's yeah. what he's like, bring him to work. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, every time he saw Christian, he kept showing him the desk, his desk. He's like, oh, you're going to run this thing one day and, you know, stuff like that. So it, it's just fun. And, and watching how he attached to my kids. I have three now. So I had that conversation with him three times. <laughs> but um, uh, watching him and how he attached to my kids and how he, he was so attached to my wife, you know, and he loved Jess and, and, and just the same way with him. And, and um, you know, he was he was really, really about family. And that that really meant a lot to me and my wife and, and my kids, too. My kids called call work daddy home. You know, that's daddy. That's that's. <laughs> That's like my house. Our our home is is mommy home, but daddy home is work. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but but uh, you know, Mark Mark was excited all the time about it, and and um, anyway, it, he was he was. That's why I said he to me he was more like a father figure um, because he he did give me a lot of that guidance, you know, as I was growing up and and preparing myself for you know kids and having a family and stuff like that and responsibilities he was all about all that stuff so yeah it's good times with mark those are great memories and, and these are all sweet they're so sweet like that's just it's lovely and i'm i'm sad i didn't get a chance to meet him in person so but you know hearing your stories i i, I already knew he was a terrific guy but this kind of cemented it for me so uh you know we, we've been talking about the past and memories but but what about the future what um you know particularly you know paul marco you know, Steve, like, what do you, what do, what were, what were the plans in motion? Like, what is going to be coming next for Marco, you know, in the next, you know, couple of years? Well, so for right now, we're just trying to make it through this year, as we all know. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. And thankfully, you know, because Mark was very, you know, he grew up in New York in the 70s when things were actually arguably just as bad, not worse than they are right now here. And so he always had a value of, you know, 
being able to weather a rainy day. And so the company right now is, you know, and we're, we're weathering it just fine. And we look back even during the 2008 recession, and pinball tends to be fairly recession-proof, as you like to say. So the pinball community, you get laid off your job, you go working in pinball machines. Um, if you get sick, yeah, go work in pinball machines. It's fine. So the community at large, and I think we're now seeing dividends from, you know, making such a large investment in the community um, that we're – you know, the pinball today is to a point where it's much more stable and well-rounded than it was in the 90s when it's just, you know, controlled by a handful of operators and distributors and it went with the economy and that was that. Yeah, so we're just weathering a storm for now and then also continuing to grow and support our, you know, the most important priority is keeping all of our employees, you know, with good jobs and keeping the things going for now. And building up for the next generation of what's to come. So, you know, uh, Moto and I are working on this next season of shows right now, and uh, we're trying to f- figure out um, just how to continue. And the next big project is supporting all these new game manufacturers that are now starting to ship games. So we're in a new pinball renaissance, which is really exciting, right? Now we have like over 10 manufacturers shipping games now. This is huge. Never thought we'd see this day. Um, so we're scrambling to, you know, onboard all these new machines. You got three, four, five, six new games coming out a year now. What that, that hasn't happened in forever. So um, yeah, that's what we're busy with right now is just trying to keep up with the growth of the industry and keep it healthy. You know, we're bursting the seams in our current facilities and, you know, we're trying to, yeah. So this is all, all hands on deck and we're moving forward. So it's pretty exciting. That is so exciting. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I don't know, Marco and Steve, you got any other color on that? I don't know. Marco had a, Great phrase yesterday. Uh, we were conducting an interview together, and Marco said, "We're just we're just continuing to push." You know, I don't know if you guys ever played oh, Command yeah. and Conquer, but you know, like on the map when you have the those those dark areas, and you send your little dude the out fog of war. To go, yeah, the yeah. fog of war. So right now, I think we're just really trying to clear the fog of war in as many possible directions as we can, right? And just just embrace as much of the community as we can, and find those parts of the community that that we haven't been serving, and and make sure they know how awesome pinball is, right? I think that's that's our big focus. Actually, it reminded me one of the areas I'm really excited about right now is the maker community. Yeah, you know, folks that are building pinball machines. So, uh, Steve, you did that project a little while back to put all those parts online for them. And but we want to double down and make it even easier for folks to source and build parts for pinball machines. Oh, that's awesome! Just seeing what people are creating on their own. I mean, all of these homebrews. Uh, it's it's impressive. Like I'm like, you made that by yourself. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, I can barely put IKEA furniture together. Well, the fact that homebrew is a term now. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited that homebrew is a word that is in the vocabulary. It didn't used to be a few years ago. Actually, a little fun tidbit. You know, Mar- I- I'm going to go ahead and call it. Mark invented the term barcade back in the day. So now we were, were the ones using sued. it 10 years, you know, before everyone else was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. I can't say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Like, I'll go find it. Like, we were saying it 15 years ago. So. <laughs> I'm I'm happy they trademarked it, but no, I'm not. But uh, yeah, we, we were using it way before they were. <laughs> but we're not making money off it, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, I I think the uh, the other big thing that uh, you guys are going to see a lot of, and and especially hopefully the show season is, um, you know, we've grown our team two x uh, since you know 2019, and so you're going to see a lot more faces representing the company. Mark was never a fan of like being the showman for the company. That was Paul's job. That's a moto job. Yeah, that's a moto now. <laughs> but I, I'm not either. So you're going to see a lot more of like Steve and Kyle and your name's on the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need you at the show. Stop trying to get out of it publicly. <laughs> no. 
I don't have the face for that stuff, man. Oh, your face is great, Marco. Yeah, face for podcast, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he loves the shows once he gets there. But it's hard, you know, you 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 have to leave family and you know, Marco's got the three adorable kids. I understand. Oh, Marco brings the family half the time. That's true. And they love it so much. Yeah. Penelope, his youngest too, is like three years old and she helps me move all the boxes. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got three kids at mommy home, but I got twenty eight kids at daddy home. So there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on there. Um, but no, we're we're definitely growing the team. One thing that I love that you know Mark and Paul have always been passionate about, which gives us a platform. Steve and 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 me and everybody else on our team is they always want to showcase you know the employees at the shows and introduce them to the show circuit and talk to people and stuff like that. So you guys will see a Marco team representing Marco Specialty. It's not just going to be one person. And that to me is exciting. Moto knows the vision, which is to, to build the team. And, and, uh, and in a way, Mark was like Nick Fury, you know, building the Avengers uh, for pinball. I love it. Yeah, love that's, it. that's what it was. So um, if you guys had superpowers, what would they be? Uh, part sorcerer. i'm gonna second marcos yeah that was too good i was gonna say teleportation but that would be way more useful i can test circuits without multimeter i'll take (laughs) i'll take teleportation by licking them I can level a pinball machine without a level. How about that? <laughs> okay, that's impressive. I mean, Steve just has the beard, man. You, there's nothing you can, like, he's pinball Jesus. He's pinball power. Jesus, man. He's just, he's amazing. Yeah, he can seal a box with one piece of tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Midge's superpower is to keep all the printers working. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah. That is a superpower. Needs magic. He cleans a piece of playful glass he does on the first try without the fingerprints. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. As we move into our next segment, I want to thank all of you for, for being here and sharing these stories and, and getting to hear about, you know, Marco specialties and, and Mark himself and and Paul uh, for you and your mom and your family and, and your work family and, you know, daddy home, uh, <laughs> all, you know, to all of you, uh, you know, the community thanks you for all of the wonderful things you've given to us. And I'm excited to see what the next chapter holds. But, you know, I'm glad we're getting a moment to, to talk about Mark and to, to celebrate all the accomplishments that he, he's done and all the things he's given to the community. And I think it's just absolutely wonderful. You know, thank you so much for pulling this together, too. It's uh, it's an honor for the family, for all of us, for everybody that's contributed to this crazy little idea that Mark had 30 years ago. It's just amazing. And it's also very helpful for us and the family, too. Um, I, it's pretty amazing just to see just, you know, obviously, the immediate family is upset, but to see just how upset everyone else was, too, when he found the news. So this just goes to show how much Mark was loved, and this really helps us get some closure. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To receive updates and the latest episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at dream themes, show notes, and more, visit our website at www.backboxpinballpodcast.com. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep flipping.